0: situation where Ukraine continues to be brutally attacked across the board by munitions, by these cluster munitions that are have dud rates that are very, very low, I mean very high, that are in danger to civilians, number one. Number two, uh, the Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Uh, the ammunition, they call them 155 millimeter weapons. This is a this is a war relating to munitions and uh, the running out of those that ammunition and we're low on it. And so what I finally did, it took the recommendation of the Defense Department to, not permanently, but to allow for in this transition period where we get more 155 weapons, these shells for Ukrainians, to provide them with a something that has a very low dud rate it's about one i think it's 150
1: that's right folks we're low on ammo and you know what china's not rising but it's nearly overhead the target and we're it welcome back to training tuesday on the rob manis show here at red voice media and uh, At RVM, you get the facts and the truth. We let you make up your own mind. We're not going to feed you a bunch of propaganda or a narrative that the government or the corporate media wants you to believe. You make your own mind up based on the facts that uh, uh, we're showing you here. You just saw there Joe Biden admits that America is running low on ammo, which is why they resorted to sending Kiev. The Kiev regime widely banned cluster bombs uh, while America weakens itself. China has designed an encompassing long-term strategy to replace the United States as the global leader, economically, militarily, and geopolitically, folks. We have to be clear-eyed on China's ambitions and develop our own comprehensive deterrence strategy. And today, we'll talk through the realities of the threat we face from the Chinese Communist Party and what we need to do to thwart its dangerous ambitions. Retired U.S. Army Colonel John Mills joins me to train us on this issue. Uh, Colonel Mills, uh, welcome back to the Rob Mada Show, and welcome to Training Tuesday, sir.
2: Hey, Rob, thank you. Always an honor to be on your show. Excited to be here. Thank you.
1: Yeah, folks. Just a reminder: we are live, and uh, we are going to do something new today. Colonel Mills has agreed to come do a, what's co- what he calls a mat day with us. Uh, so we've got 11 charts or slides, whatever you want to call them, uh, and uh, we're going to walk through those. We'll st- still see some opening videos for each segment and those kind of things. Uh, and uh, one of those was uh, at the opening. John, I don't know if you were on, we were able to see Biden's comments about us being low on ammo. Uh, that was your slide one. Uh, so no need to bring it up. Uh, your thoughts on the breaking news that NATO is not going to invite uh, Ukraine in to be a member yet. Uh, I think that was breaking just before we came on. Uh, and uh, the fact that I mean we're just uh, hurting ourselves by weakening ourselves. I think we've pulled out of our war reserves now 31 times during the last year and a half.
2: Yeah, well... Uh... Rob, so I think first and foremost, what uh, uh, Hunter's dad uh, revealed was that uh, is classified information. In all seriousness, stockage levels are at least at the secret level. And I've, I've spent many nights having to run down from the National Military Command Center down to the J-4 Logistic Operations Center, which is the hub of our logistics operations and work at issues just like this and what Biden was referencing was presidential authority to use excess defense articles. Well, that's only when you have a professional staff that is non-woke, Non indoctrinated in DIE because uh, they're acting like they're kids in a candy store just grabbing everything off the shelf without spitting up the industrial base. They've been staring at the industrial base for uh, a year and a half. We're we're coming, you know, we're starting to approach two years and not a whole lot has happened because uh, you can't when, and you can't project American instruments of national power when you don't have trained professionals in place. When you when you really what you have are indoctrinated political staff officers. That I'm concerned that most of the 04s, 05s, 06s that are encumbering the and, and general and, and flag officers and SESs uh, have been indoctrinated to the point they don't even know what they're doing. Uh, and they should have been hammering Milley, instead of worrying about white rage should have been uh, absolutely he should have been resigning at this point in time in protest over the absolute egregious misuse of excess defense article declarations and uh, so so what Biden did was reveal classified information again stockage levels like that now again that's not inconsistent. The president is the the final arbitrator of. Of uh, classified information, and if he wants to reveal it, that's fine. But mm-hmm. this works both both ways, and I would say that what he has revealed is far more damaging to American national security than what has been rostered by the DOJ and the FBI from the Mar-a-Lago race. Not what they say they ha- uh, have because they've been. Several times they've been saying things like about Iranian documents, things like that, that are actually not on the roster of stuff they've they've written up. So we have what's called a spill or a leak, and Biden did it. Uh, Yes, he is the president. He wants to reveal classified information. He can do it, but uh, this works both ways. And I think what he he did was far more damaging. And again, it, it reflects a uh, a lack of professionalism on the uh, on the uh, staff officer corps and again Millie should have demand uh, should have, uh, tendered his his uh, resignation over this egregious misuse because I had to write many memos when we would take tier one two or three forces. In our special operations community, uh, Mm -hmm. some people might know what that means, uh, when we take them off mission. Okay, we have to write a complete package for presidential uh, approval. Same thing when we start to hit war reserve level. And I've been in many meetings when we, early days of war terror, we started to realize, wow, we're running out of 50 caliber ammunition. Wow, we're running out of 20 millimeter ammunition. Wow, we're running out of Hellfire missiles uh, wow, we're running out of actual special operations helicopters. How long does it take to restart the production lines? on these yeah, and exactly. one time, uh, one time I was, I was put as the lead as a non-aviator, but I knew these things, a non-aviator special operator, uh, to work these, uh, work these, because I was realizing at this loss rate, uh, within about a year and a half, we're going to be out of some of the high value, low density airframes. Um, Wow, what do we do about it? So this is this is very serious. This is grand strategy and logistics, and our staff officers, I am concerned, do not have these uh, this training anymore. They've been indoctrinated. So, the president wants to grab stuff off the shelf. They go, okay, sir. Here's another EDA approval. Go ahead and sign it. Boom. Yeah, you know, no pun intended. The 155 is now uh, at that red alert critical. This is why we're shaking down South Korea and Japan for 155. Yeah. And saying, yeah. "Hey, you give us a ha- hamburger today, we'll give you uh, two hamburgers uh, next. Uh, you know, two years from now." Uh, is, yeah, it's is, what is it's just, what we've been it's what we've been or, warning
1: against, John. Yeah, I mean, you and I have been talking on this show. Uh, uh for a year now or more about the war reserves not being replenished after Afghanistan uh and then uh, uh and then being hit over and over again uh for this crazy Ukrainian thing. I mean we're in we're essentially in a World War II European theater of operations level level of effort logistically, aren't we? But we haven't rebuilt the industrial base to produce these items, right? <laughs>
2: When I joined the joint staff, after, after 9-11, I was first thrown down to uh, the J-5 of Central Command because we didn't have a plan. We did not have a standing plan for Afghanistan. Had to, had to hustle and put something together for that, Then I was thrown back to the, uh, the joint staff. And I mean, at that time, the joint staff was the most incredible staff ever in history in the universe. It was, you were walking down the halls where giants strode. Yeah. Now, 20 plus years later, uh, we have not even Lilliputians, we have demented uh, people who are far more concerned with making sure that transgenders can shower in the Pentagon athletic facility because that's what I'm fighting for uh no that's not what i'm fighting for and these people have lost their minds so it really has i think we have to be intellectually honest uh since Millie is so concerned about finding truth mm-hmm. then he ne- he needs to be intellectually honest about what's going on here we have a destruction of professional staff officer uh, abilities i mean we had we had brilliant uh uh men and women in uniform and as professional civilians uh you know, it was incredible working in the Joint Staff, but over time, and when I left the building in 2018, I saw the erosion every year. Every year it was getting. It went from a peak, and I'd say, you know, about 2006, 2007. From that point onward, the next 10 years were a downward slide. End of Bush, yeah. Obama, Biden, and and uh, uh, they couldn't recover under Trump because uh, of the coup.
1: Yeah, I was on the Joint Staff from 99 to 2002, uh, to spring of 2002, and, uh, you know, the men and women— Did
2: the Air Force have airplanes at that time? That was a long time
1: ago. Yeah, we had airplanes, and (laughs) lots of them, a lot more than we have now. (laughs) <laughs> and you know we were just coming off of Allied Force when uh, when I joined the Joint Staff. Uh, so uh, so the big big rub then was we need to study how the President of the United States got involved in the targeting process again uh, because uh, Madeline Albright liked to take the target book over to the White House for Bill Clinton to literally pick targets. So I got to I got to work with a good friend of mine on on uh, uh, analyzing that and building a, a program to try to prevent that, uh, but with appropriate you know, elevate the right targets up to uh, to the bosses and the commander-in-chief when the time was right. But, but, you know, those men and women were giants, they were giants. I was there after 9-11 and the six colonels uh, and Lieutenant Colonel and, and a couple of majors that I worked with in the future operations group that was created right after 9-11, the day after, uh, basically helped pull the war plan together and get the commanders, uh, you know, the combatant commanders working together to share the scarce resources, especially on intelligence and ISR and those kind of things. Uh, and, and it was a given that we could do that and the logistics professionals that were involved in all that just got it done. It just got done. It was amazing we- how they worked. But I've got I've got a feeling that Nobody knows what the hell they're doing up in the Pentagon these days when it comes to especially logistics, like you're pointing out. I, I don't have any contacts there, to be honest with you, at the at the major and lieutenant colonel level, which is where the, the real pros uh, would be residing that are getting things done uh, on any staff, but especially on the joint staff. That These are folks that have just come out of school uh, uh, uh you know command staff college, war college, those kind of things the right strategy, operations plans, you know all of those things they're our best, our best, and our brightest, but this looks like a clown
3: car.
2: This is the fruit of of teaching this utter silliness uh, at our senior staff colleges, in our military programs. I mean, I think I've shared with you two thousand and nine at Army war College, and I, I realized I was an outlier and then. And now uh, we do have a requirement for above senior service staff college. We have what's called joint professional military education, where you lose your service color and you become a black belt or dangerous enough, whatever you you want to put it in all colors. And, and, uh, you know, I'm to be honest, the last 20 years of my career were all joint. I was kind of unique because most almost last 20 years of my career were joint, period. And,
1: yeah, um, yeah, most so, of mine were too, man. It, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's just uh, it, it's depressing, uh, but uh, we do have Americans that can get it done. When we come back from this break, i got to do a, a read here a second for one of our sponsors. But uh, uh, we will talk about, and I'll show uh, Nikki Haley, a presidential candidate, and what she says about the strengths of China's, And I think she nails it. Uh, and uh, we'll go right into what the real problem is, which is China's overhead the target, folks. Uh, Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is being implemented as we speak. Don't be fooled, it won't benefit you. Act now before it's too late, folks. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow starts on July 1st, 2023. Brace yourselves, this may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are at risk, but there's a way to legally opt out of the digital dollar in time. How, you ask? With one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a falling dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD. That's right, call now at 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833-2USA-GOLD. That's right, call now 833-287-2465, yes. Call now, 833-287-2465.
3: We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now. 833-287-2465. Back swiftly. 833-287-2465.
4: Because if you look at the the military situation, they now have the largest naval fleet in the world. They have 340 ships. We have 293. They're going to have 400 in two years. We won't even have 350 in two decades. They have started developing hypersonic missiles. We are just now getting started. They are modernizing their military. Our military is taking gender pronoun classes. Um, you You look at what they're doing on cyber, artificial intelligence, space. They're ahead of us. So, no, we have some work to do, and we do need to strengthen our military, and we have to make sure we're right. China has been preparing for war with us for decades, and the way we have to deal with China is not look at it tomorrow, because if we keep waiting to deal with them tomorrow, they will deal with us today. We have to deal with them um, diplomatically. Um, We have to deal with them economically. We have to deal with them militarily, but from a domestic standpoint, first— First of all, let's make sure that they stop buying up U.S. farmland. They've bought 400,000 acres near our military installations. Let's get the infiltration out of our universities where they're paying millions of dollars to spread propaganda. Let's make sure they stop bringing the fentanyl across the border. If that means we end normal trade relations with them to do that, we do that until they stop killing Americans. And let's stop the lobbying that has happened from... CHINESE COMPANIES THAT ARE JUST A FRONT FOR THE CHINESE COMMUNIST PARTY, THOSE LIKE HUAWEI AND TENCENT AND ALIBABA, THEY not, they NEED TO STOP uh, LOBBYING AMERICA. AND I THINK THAT WE HAVE SOME WORK TO DO. WHEN IT COMES TO ECONOMICALLY, THEY'RE STEALING 600 billion.
1: FRIENDS, WELCOME BACK TO THE ROB MADE SHOW LIVE HERE ON RED VOICE MEDIA NETWORK. And THAT WAS uh, FORMER U.N. AMBASSADOR AND GOVERNOR OF SOUTH CAROLINA, NIKKI HALEY, I KNOW, uh, NEOCON. BUT WHEN SOMEBODY GETS IT RIGHT, Uh, uh, we've got to put those folks out there and show that not everybody disagrees on what the number one threat is, and it's China. We're talking today with retired U.S. Army Colonel and former senior DOD uh, official John Mills, who's a friend of the show uh, on Training Tuesday here for a map day. Uh, And Haley covered it in a little bit over a minute, John. I uh, uh, I mean, that's the issue right there. As I said in my opening, China is not rising, it's a nearly overhead the target, and we're the target.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Nikki gets it right; everything she said was correct. Uh, if she only hadn't turned on Trump in a uh, very inappropriate way, but that's where she lost uh, a lot of a lot of out of her sales. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, everything is going south here. Everything is going south. It is China. Um, I just wanted to make a couple of quick comments from the, the uh, previous session, is I'll never mm-hmm. forget when I fell in, into uh from uh CentCom back up to the joint staff. Uh the logbook was on, on 9-11, the logbook for all the entries was retitled from you know just whatever protocol they were using to WTC-1 world trade center 1 and it was incredible seeing all the events you know mm-hmm. being WWTTC. so uh it was very memorable um the uh, i do stay in contact with a number of people uh, even uh, very high ranks even up to four star just talking to one uh, a few days ago and uh, getting a get get a lot of good feedback on what's going on um so <sighs> Part of this is the industrial base. Uh, It is China. I want to get to the bastion uh, uh, strategy, but let's talk industrial base really quick. And one of the rumors uh, is reopening a shipyard or two or three. Yeah. Because right now we we have four U.S. government yards and we have about eight major yards. And according to Admiral Gilday, who I've worked with, I think it was good, but he also seems to have some problem on this on this progressive woke die thing because he also had had a crazy reading list. Um, we got to get to this by his, his own metric. We are ten percent behind at least on Arleigh Burke destroyers. We are forty um, percent behind on submarine production, and. We're going up in the number of Arleigh burks and submarines that we want, so the throughput is gonna get even worse. Uh, do you, can you go to one, two, three, four? Can you go to five, possibly? Slide
1: five there, Disco. Can you bring it up, please?
2: That next, let's go to the next one. We're gonna come back to this one. There we go. There we go, okay. So Professor Mills, class is in session. Who knows what this is an overhead of? Anyone, Bueller, Bueller? San this Francisco is... Bay. Okay, you get an A plus. That is San Francisco <laughs> Bay as seen from the Norden bomb site of a B-29. No, it's actually Google Earth. Um, so why do I have red ovals here? Why do I have red ovals? Because we are in a shipbuilding crisis in America. And I'm just talking about Navy ships, not, not maritime yeah. ships. Totally different game and subject. And uh, the Jones Act, that's a separate issue. I'm talking about just warships. We only have one uh, on the West Coast. We have uh, Puget Sound Naval Shipyard, and we have um, um, Pearl Harbor Hickam. We only have one dry dock that can take a nimitz class carrier and we have zero that can take a uh the new ford class carriers and oh by the way dry dock six of puget Sound is it may be out of commission the navy has really fumbled their announcement they were closing it down then when they got the stuffing beat out of it they said oh it's open again because of seismic issues i'm going seismic Uh What what seismic issues And uh, so we have to look, talking about the industrial base that Austin has stared at for two years and lectured for two years and not a whole lot has happened. Here's part of the forgotten industrial base. The top one is the old Mare Island shipyard that goes back to the late 1800s. And, you know, most, most people, if you watch Mythbusters, you might see some of the episodes filmed there. The bottom oval is the old San Francisco Naval Shipyard. It was a very large complex, actually shut down in the late 60s. Um, Now, across from there, the middle oval, or the middle-bottom oval, uh, is the old Alameda Naval Air Station. But it has huge potential. Why am I showing these? I'm showing these because there are rumors about having to reopen a shipyard here, uh, a government shipyard, and perhaps even uh, two government shipyards. And uh, mm-hmm. Government shipyards are are primarily used for repair. Repair. Can we go? Right. Can we go to the next next slide? Can we go to the next slide? Six. Number six. seven. Yeah, there we go. Uh okay, that's good. That's good. That's the old Mare Island. And it's just up in Valley Joe, uh Baleo, excuse me. Uh, Valley Joe, right above. Um, you gotta get you gotta get through this cut. Yeah, Travis, which is off to the right, which the Chinese yeah. are buying, uh buying land around, the, the very important Travis Air Force base. Uh it it's uh, frankly, they, they built nuclear submarines here until the late 60s. But the largest ship was light cruisers in the range of about ten to to thirteen thousand tons, uh, an Arleigh Burke is ten thousand tons. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, we we would have to do some serious rework, but you could see the remnants of some of the dry docks there, um, and uh, in those 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 uh, those three four uh, parallel positions. But also in the upper area, you see some other dry docks that are even those go back to literally the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I see Possibility this. Yeah, the facility is mostly dormant, um, uh, mostly fallow, but we might have to go to this because uh, the only challenge is uh, we're going to have to do some serious dredging and we're going to have to totally rebuild the facility. Let's go to the next slide, please. Let's see Number eight. We the next slide. There we go. San Francisco. Okay, this is a magnificent facility. Oddities here uh uh when we were bringing back the nuclear the ships that were in the nuclear blast at Bikini atoll, guess where we brought them mm-hmm. right here right here so, yeah so there is there is there is some lingering uh nuclear residue issues as long as you don't mind that. this actually is a fairly uh, this it's being handed over at a very slow rate to commercial interest. I would mm-hmm. propose that we use the, De- the Defense Production Act. Now, this is about the only place on the West Coast would be logical without a massive, massive t- from scratch greenfield shipyard to build a-, a new dry dock or two that would fit the Ford class. Now you yeah. see, and uh, you see this 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 one object that is uh, you know, perpendicularly. Straddling one of the docks, that was the huge uh, overhead crane that was completed in 1946 to rapidly swap out battleship turrets. It was it was okay. built right in time for the the obsolescence of the battleship. But they also tossed Polaris missiles off of that into the bay. They were tethered because they wanted hmm. to test the the launch tubes. Yeah. So very historic, but a lot of space here, and we may just have to use uh, federal eminent domain to say, hold on a second here, we need this facility again. Uh, So I think this this is ideal. Let's go to the next slide, please. So the old Alameda Naval Air Station, that top runway, going down that runway, you are looking right at the Oakland Bay Bridge, uh, right at mm-hmm. the, and you'll see this on Mythbusters also. This yeah. facility is relative, relatively still dormant, long-range transfer plan. I would say, the, and all of this did not exist until like about 1931, 32, 33. None of this existed. Uh, it was all a backfill, so they backfilled it in. Uh, that beautiful harbor down there can take deep draft ships. Uh, it actually was the. It's also the old seaplane. So when the, the Navy still had seaplanes until the late '60s, mm-hmm. my yeah. suggestion is is government eminent domain to not not to cease handing this over and actually backfill more and create a brand new. Uh, private sector yard to be run by a consortium of the eight majors. But, I mean, this is important stuff we got to talk about. And and the Navy has been absolute, um, has, has just it's been a disaster. Uh, there's the shipbuilding plan. And even if you recapitalize the four government yards and the eight or so private yards, we're still not increasing square footage. Uh, of production space. So I think we got, wow. and, and there are there are rumors we're gonna start reopening facilities and maybe even new facilities. There are there are serious rumors. Uh, there was the FY21 Shipyard Act, uh, Senator Kane from my state mm-hmm. and Wicker from uh, Mississippi. And from proposed Mississippi, yeah. that, uh, it was proposed, hasn't passed, but there's a lot of talk about that coming back. Um, and uh, yeah. so these three these, these places now we know what a Crit- critical mess, yeah, yeah, we know what yeah, critically important. John, critically.
1: Let, let's pick up on this after the break. We've got to pay some more bills, uh, and uh, because uh, I want to talk a little bit more about shipyard locations and what's in between them, uh, because they're not all on the west coast, obviously, and uh, we've got a problem. We'll be right back on the Rob Mana Show, Red Voice Media Network
3: it's a crazy world out there and we're facing more uncertainty than our country has faced in a long time if ever and the most important advice that we can give you and your loved ones is be prepared most people don't realize they need something until it's too late whether it's a natural disaster a sustained power outage political upheaval or god forbid war you need to be prepared don't put yourself in that situation have food and water on hand to provide for you and your loved ones during the worst of times and then pray you never need it thankfully we have just the solution for you heaven's harvest has everything you need to prepare for the unexpected you get prepared and you support a pro-america christian company that shares your values at the same time everyone wins and the best news is you also get discounts on emergency survival foods heirloom vegetables seed kits, water filtration and storage kits, and loads of other survival resources, such as guides on how to grow and preserve your foods. So get ahead, be prepared, and survive with a company that shares your values. And we have you covered with great discounts. Go to HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10%. Again, that's HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10% on your order.
5: Now, the U.S.-China chip war is all set to escalate. Now, China has decided to restrict exports of two metals that are crucial in producing not only semiconductors, but also telecom devices and electric vehicles. The two metals under the radar are gallium and germanium. They will come under China's export control from the 1st of August in a bid to protect, quote-unquote, protect national security. Exporters will need to apply for licenses to ship the two metals out of the country. Both metals are silvery-white in appearance and are common. Commonly classified as minor metals. The metals aren't typically found on their own in nature, instead, they're produced in small concentrations as a byproduct from refineries focused on other raw materials like zinc or aluminium. Now, all eyes will be on the impact of China's move on the tech world. Analysts believe that this is nothing but muscle flexing by China. But if it drags on for over a year, the chances of prices shooting up are high. It's also worth remembering that China is overwhelmingly the top source of both metals. The country accounts for 94 percent of gallium supply and 83 percent of germanium. Now, the export limits come at a time when countries are working to make their supply chains free from unnecessary dependence on overseas equipment. China is battling for technological dominance in everything from quantum computing to artificial intelligence and chip manufacturing. The United States has taken increasingly aggressive measures to keep China from gaining the upper hand here. Is now available in your country.
1: Welcome back to the, the-, the Rob Manus Show live here on Red Voice Media Network, folks. We're talking, uh, we're low on ammo and China's overhead the target, uh, uh and we're it uh, to become, uh, to reach their goal of being the global hegemon, uh, instead of having the United States be it. We're talking with, uh, uh, retired U.S. Army Colonel and former DOD senior official John Mills, and author, by the way, uh, who has a book out, The Nation Will Follow. You can use promo code MANUS at thenationwillfollow.com, and I think you got another book coming out. Now, that, the rare metals thing, that, that I wanted to show that to, as we start to look at the economics of it, and, and, and really, uh, I know you're going to talk about this because you have the global map up there, uh, the global double envelopment of the United States, and getting back to the shipyards. I live in on the Gulf Coast in Mississippi, so Senator Wicker is my uh, senator, and he's right—he's absolutely right on that. Uh, I wish he would pay a lot less attention to Ukraine and pay attention to China and the status of our forces because we are not ready anymore, and we have several shipyards over here that could be easily blocked by this little thing down in Panama, can't can't it?
2: Well, yeah, I uh, cite. Uh, uh, excuse me, General Laura Richardson of Southcom Southern Command in Miami and General Glenn Van Herk, Northern Command both two yeah. years ago Said one of their major concerns, uh, and Laura Richardson, Senator General Richardson, when she was going through confirmation hearings, she made it very clear she was very concerned that Panama would not be viable and available in case of conflict with China. This was two years ago. Uh, She said that Van Herc has said the same thing. So the challenge is. we we need diversity of location on shipyards, but we should also presume we very likely will have a Panama issue. So we have, if you have to look at the shipyard concentration, they're mostly on the Gulf and the uh, and the east coast, uh, where they just have evaporated. And we never, we, we most of them were really always there. Um, so you know, Pascagoula, Huntington and Pascagoula is is one of our best yards but even that site needs to be doubled inside doubled in size, and, and, and uh, in the name of God, it's the year 2023. If Disney can build a cruise ship totally indoors, which is larger than an aircraft carrier, in a small town, in, in a small German town, inland 20 miles from the uh, North Sea, I think <laughs> we should start uh, building our ships in, in, in air-conditioned facilities. It's just your efficiency is better, your safety is better, workers feel better. I don't want to be. I don't want to be doing uh, welding uh, in uh, ninety-five degree temperature with eighty percent humidity, uh, or up at Bath Iron uh, out in uh, knee-deep snow. I mean, this is ridiculous. Everybody else has modern facilities that even the largest ships are built indoors. Why? It's it's more efficient. It's safer. Oh, and by the way, operational security. You don't have prying eyes wondering what's going on. What's the status? Uh, How Mm. complete are they? Or even you could build in, uh, they're actually looking at Dry Dock 5 and Pearl Harbor Hickam. Uh, it's actually in the Corps of Engineers uh, 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 in, in the, um, uh, the Naval publications uh, f- about possibly building a, a, sh- a shelter over dry dock five, which will be focused on submarine regeneration uh, that can actually be armored with Kevlar blankets. So if somebody decides they know, notice drone swarm to drop uh, grenades uh, on top of the facility or on top of the shipping work. Because the, the greatest danger to a ship is always fire. Always yep. fire, and especially when it's undergoing maintenance, it is in, just like the uh, uh, when the uh, the large Navy amphib uh, Bonhomme Richard burned up The right. largest loss in the American Navy ever, ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pearson. I've always considered Same Navy personnel to be the greatest firefighters in the world, uh, and, and they could not get that fire out and save that ship. It was unbelievable.
2: Uh, never ne- the american america has never lost a ship that large never and uh so uh all this stuff is important so that's why i mean again Huntington and pascagoula could be doubled in size and uh we we need that we need that see that's that's uh, up to this point everybody's talking about improving the existing square footage but it's just like redoing a a, a home basement of uh, right. you know re redoing it is nice but in the end you're not getting more square footage and so you're you could design it as best as possible you need more square footage let's just get over this yeah um yeah. without yeah. turning turning this into an argument over the jones act the jones act proponents are ferociously against expanding yard space why this makes absolutely no sense <laughs> uh, well,
1: you know, it's because they're all focused on this crazy war in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, you know, and that, look, it's nothing to laugh about. I respect the Ukrainians' desire to to uh, defeat their enemy uh, and, uh, uh, and their right to do so and their right to exist. Uh, uh, but it's really not a vital national interest of the United States uh, unless they lose then it becomes a vital interest to the United States because we haven't been focused on China uh, and what we need to be doing with China, John. Uh, so let's talk about globally. What are they up to, man?
2: I detect two trends. If we could go to map or, uh this is a flat earth projection i am not a flat earther but it we have to do a flat map here because otherwise you couldn't see the entire expanse you mean uh number five slide five slide five is it five uh the one with all the countries on it there you go there you go so uh not the not the best i did my best but let's talk this is the world here i am concerned that China is now evolving toward a super bastion strategy. What is a bastion? Well, bastion is a defended uh, area. Let's look at the two. We got a a kind of an orangish circle to the top left. That was the Mm -hmm. Murmansk. uh, That was the Murmansk. uh, I guess I'll just talk until the map reappears. That was the Murmansk uh, bastion. And right. uh, during the Cold Cold War, the, the even though much of that was actually international waters, and we aggressively probed it, um, right. that was that was that was always considered a bastion from the launch facility. And I that was the launch area. To the left is Murmansk. I apologize. I should have put bastions over both of those, but. The, the Russians treated that as, as, as defended territory, so their their nuclear ballistic missile submarines could sit protected. On the on the other side, it's the Sea of Okhotsk. Same manner, right. they wanted the, their boomers to be able to sit there and defect in a protected area. Our subs aggressively, uh, even not, well, still respecting international, you know, twelve miles. Uh, uh, we aggressively uh, reconnoitered those areas. The Chinese are doing a similar concept. If you go to the left, kind of semi uh, uh, circular, uh, that's the Suez. That's the Suez. Guess what? Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and China, and Iran, are now on China's side. That blue line represents the new pipeline that is being built from Iran across Afghanistan, Pakistan into China. China now secure has secure energy. The right yeah. part of their of their um, uh, of, of the bastion is that red you know arc to the right, and that's essentially the second island chain, the second island chain. And they are essentially they are getting international agreements. They're pushing us out. Of, I mean, countries are flipping to China's side, so they are creating a super bastion from left to right. They could essentially. Make it a no-go zone for American trade and the American Navy. This is a very dangerous situation. They've already established that the big circle, below China, that's the South China mm-hmm. Sea's bastion that they've created with their their armed island. That's so right. they've already kind of cr- created that. We we ignore it. We still blow through there. But I think we're coming very close to a point at which um, they're going to lock this down and keep us out and. And guess what? They economically could survive uh, and cut us off. And with the dollar flipping, uh, possibly starting to lose its significance in August and Durban, now that yeah. they have energy from Iran, they don't need us anymore, except for food, for food. And that's the second strategy. If we could go to the, oh my, it's the last slide.
1: So slide 11, Disco.
2: There you go. It's, why worry about Taiwan? Let's go for Australia, which is that red, that red pathway, because that goes, it bypasses, like, just like what we did in World War II, it bypasses the heart problem of Taiwan, goes yep. down, and Australia is right below this map, but that those are the Solomon Islands at the very bottom center that that red pathway. Uh, the chinese already have an established forward operating base in the uh, in the solomons and there was just another announcement in the last couple of days of yeah. expanding and improving that facility so they've all why, why attack taiwan bypass taiwan and because what the, what do the chinese really need they they got energy lockdown they're going to they're they're going to be t- taking over the reserve currency they need food and australia those broad ranch are just waiting for the taking.
1: let's pick it up right here after this break, John. It's our last break. Uh, I want to go through that map in a little bit more detail because, you know, that's an old map uh, from World War II, uh, and people need to understand that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same, and that's why folks that are schooled in this stuff understand it. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network, with retired Colonel John Mills, uh, talking China, the real threat, to the United States and to freedom uh, throughout the world. And we'll be right back.
3: Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled, it won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy.
4: of this time that this White House is wasting and what they're allowing China to do. I mean, Brazil's president, Lula, is now headed to China. He's going there for a two-day state visit, meeting with Xi Jinping to discuss the war in Ukraine and trade. They've already discussed and struck a deal last month to ditch the U.S. dollar and trade in their own currencies. Congressman, the same with the Saudis. The Saudis are going to now transact oil deals with China in the yuan. Are we losing the U.S.? DOLLAR AS THE RESERVE CURRENCY. DO YOU WORRY ABOUT THAT?
6: I do worry about that. We did an extended uh, session on this during our, our trip out to California and just sort of the nature of cryptocurrency as well. And that I, that remains a, a con- concern. I think the CCP has a concerted strategy to de-dollarize the global economy. When it comes to countries like Saudi Arabia, I would just say this is a lesson in what happens when you ostracize and insult your traditional allies. We don't have to agree with Saudi Arabia on anything. But the only way to make sense of the Middle East is to build upon. On the historic uh, cooperation we're seeing between Israel and the Sunni Arab Gulf states, foremost among them Saudi Arabia. And the Biden administration has really undermined that foundation that the Trump administration laid with the Abraham Accords. And now we're seeing the consequences in terms of the intensifying relationship between Saudi Arabia and China. That's a massive problem for American national security and diplomacy.
1: Welcome back to The Rob Maynard Show Live on Red Voice Media Network, where we give you the facts and the truth, and you make up your own mind uh, what you believe is happening in the world. Uh, That's the way media is supposed to be, uh, is uh, tell the facts and the truth and you get to make up your own mind. We're talking with retired U.S. Army colonel and former senior DOD official John Mills today, an author, I might add, uh, uh, about China and what's really going on. John, before the break, we we had that map up uh, slide 11, Disco, if you could bring that back up. Uh, And I pointed out that uh, that's initially dated February 1945, uh, uh, but you've drawn in uh, what China might do? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, I, th- I I spotted this map, and it was a, it was a Marine Corps map from World War II, and you know, so uh, you know, I just uh, uh, there's no copyright issues at this time. I said, you yeah, know, this is a very interesting map, and I said, I, I want to yeah. use this. I think it tells tells a story that's important. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm showing the great game in the Pacific right now, and uh, I think. Two things, a super bastion where they can just, the Chinese are are great at being passive aggressive and just slowly elbowing somebody out of the way. And I think that's what mm-hmm. they're going to try to do. That's what they're doing, creating this super bastion. Um, and then also, I think if I was a PLA planner, I would go, you know what? Why don't we just let Taiwan sit? We need food. We desperately need food. We just take over Australia wonderful ranch and farmlands down there. What an idea.
1: I mean, Taiwan's really not a threat to the People's Republic of China. Uh, And the United States is just, Uh, weekly, I might add, uh, uh, said that uh, uh, they don't even support their independence anymore. I think Blinken was uh, inadequately talking about the one-China policy, uh, but he he flubbed it up there. Uh, So so yeah, I mean, uh, it appears that through their Belt and Road Initiative, they're not just doing this here, they're doing it around the globe, like in the continent of Africa, and those kind of things, uh, and supporting key, you know, building key infrastructure like ports and runways and airfields and uh, uh, and, uh, roads uh, that they could ultimately use uh, because uh, these folks have become their friends, uh, whether it's by threat of force or true friendship, doesn't really matter to the Chinese, does it?
2: No, no. I mean, they're uh, the Chinese are broke and out of liquidity in many ways. So these Belt and Road things are are nothing. Uh, they are very uh, vaporware because a lot of these, uh, the, at this point in time, are not getting done. Don't actually get implemented. A lot of them are promises. A lot right. of them are uh, very horribly uh, written uh, as far as contracts. They intentionally mistranslate. Uh, the the and and then uh, in in international law and things like that you go which version is the is the correct version if there are inconsistencies in translations it's the Chinese version and so a lot of these countries do not have professional Chinese that are um, let's say bought that are not bought off or actually working for right. China so these are hor- horribly translated contractual documents and. China just roughs up and takes advantage of these. But these, they're, they're just like with Lula in Brazil, who's a leftist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're throwing, they're throwing money that doesn't exist at Brazil, Argentina. You know, those countries were, were great under the right leaders. And uh, um, uh, hopefully we see Bolsonaro or his wife or his son back soon. Argentina right. uh, was once, once an incredible economy, it's just an absolute mm-hmm. mess. But in, in Panama, you know, it's a total failure of American State Department to actually get it is. involved. And I've been admitting um, there the presumption at State is, oh, those South Americans, uh, the death squad days, they just don't want to talk to us. Uh, uh, so we're just going to be quiet and not even say anything or do anything. Uh, the, the Central and South American countries are going, uh, what, what happened to the Americans? Are you guys going to come down here? What's go- that, Panama has, has has had to deal with China for a number of years because uh, Americans just evaporated and yeah. uh, we're not down there. Now, Now now we just finally have an ambassador there. It's been a long time. Biden uh, uh, put in an ambassador, a ponte. I've been watching her website closely cuz I am going to hammer them the nanosecond on the on the landing page if I see anything about you know transgender rights or anything like that I haven't seen that yet
1: uh, well, well, you know, we're getting a new chairman of the Joint Chiefs that uh, that is uh, all about uh, woke and promoting people based on their skin color or their choices and all that stuff. So uh, I, don't, I don't have uh, much expectations that you're not going to see that on that website. <laughs> so this de-dollarization issue that uh, Mike Gallagher, who's the chairman of the uh, uh, select committee on the CCP, uh, which is one of the good things the Republican House uh leadership has done uh, in this term since they won. Uh, you know, uh, he didn't bring up the term BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. Uh, the B is Brazil uh, in that. Uh, and he didn't bring up Saudi Arabia. But, uh, but uh, you know, the petrodollar concept and the concept of the dollar being the world's reserve currency uh, really is, this is an attack on that to try to change that, isn't it?
2: Well, absolutely, and there's no formal process, system, or vote on who gets to be the, uh, um, the reserve currency. I mean, Bretton Woods in 1944 at some hotel up in New Hampshire that nobody remembers, except for Belfer Center graduates out of Harvard, is uh, it set the, you know, the pathway for the next you know 80 years on on the financial process and system, and it took over from the uh, the, the British pound. Okay. So this is, uh, and and the, the reserve currency is basically, it's a vote of the future. Who's, which economy is the best for the future, which is the best system for the future. We've been able to go into debt for decades since the seventies, because we were the best vote for the future. People would lend us money. Okay. Now, it's not going to be an instantaneous crash, and I think Saudi Arabia flipped on us, UAE flipped on us, but yeah. it's, I think they were very strategic, because I don't think they were necessarily totally abandoning the dollar. They were showing up, you know what? We'll do transactions in both dollars, and yuan. okay? But right. when you're the reserve currency, you can apply sanctions that banks will follow. When you're not the reserve currency, uh, applying sanctions gets very difficult because you'll go to a bank and say, "I want, the, I want to stop this financial transaction activity," and the bank will look at you. When you're the reserve currency, they will say, <laughs> "Yes, sir, ma'am, absolutely." Yep. When you're not, not the reserve currency, maybe, maybe not.
1: Yeah, it's that's, it's uh, that's a big deal, man. Well, we're we're out of time, John. You got a new book coming out. Tell folks where they can find you, your coordinates and everything. And, and just a uh, uh, you know, 20 seconds on the new book, the title, uh, and when it's going to come out.
2: It's War Against the Deep State and and you can pre-order now on the nationwillfollow.com. So, War Against the Deep State is uh, uh, about several things. Uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government, uh, uh, the NGOs, the uh, big tech, big government collusion, the administrative state, how to dissolve them. But you can pre-order now. Also the surveillance state, which I helped put together in 2007 to 2014. And, how to take that apart, but it's available Uh the nationwillfollow.com. You can pre order War Against the Deep State. Colonel Rhett John on Substack, Substack Getter and Truth. Colonel R.E.T. John, Substack Getter and Truth.
1: Well, thanks, John. Uh, It was great talking, uh, doing a map day with you. We'll get you back on soon and uh, dive into some of these specifics. Fantastic big picture, my friend. Have a great one. Uh, Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, retired U.S. Army colonel and former senior DOD official John Mills, an author, as we mentioned there, uh, about his books uh, and his new book coming out. And uh, We will see you tomorrow. On Whistleblower Wednesday, right here at Red Voice Media Network, Drew Berquist, and this is my show, is coming up next. Until then, I'm Rob Manis. (laughs)